Welcome to Nassau Community College Forum. This program explores our rich educational environment, including our dedicated faculty, administration, student clubs, and more than 70 fields of study, along with the students who make this college the largest single campus community college in the state and is the first choice for one of every four college-bound high school graduates in Nassau County. Hello, I'm Kevin Boston Hill, and welcome to Nassau Community College Forum, where each week we will shine a light, a spotlight on a different department, club, or area here at Nassau Community College. Today, we'll explore the Department of Africana Studies. Our guest today is Dr. Georgette Greer-Key. Welcome to the Nassau Community College Forum on 90.3 WHPC. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, it's my pleasure, our pleasure. So, you know, before we get into exactly what uh, the Department of Africana Studies is all about and what it offers, tell our, our listeners a little bit about you. What, what kind of brought you to the Nassau Community College community? Well, um, I am a graduate of Nassau Community College, um, an alumni. I grew up right here in Unidale, graduate of Unidale High School. I won't tell you what year, but you know what? I might as well because the class of 93 uh, was one of the best class um, that came through 93. We are still together. We've had uh, maybe three class reunions, um, okay. and I know there's a lot of people who are jealous of that. Um, so I'm a local girl, and I'm proud to be um, an alumni of the school. So the kind of being right here from the community and being a pillar in uh, Nassau County is really what brought me here to the school. Great. So a homegrown girl and made good and, and decided to come back and, and give back to the, the school that kind of, I guess, birthed her in, in some respects. Exactly. Excellent. Excellent. So, you know, let, let's get right down to it. What does the Department of Africana Studies actually encompass? What is that department all about? Well, I think the department um, works with uh, several different departments. We work with the history department. We work with the communications department. Um, we offer um, a lot of courses within um, dance and music. So we mm. really are a, a department that encompasses uh, many of the other departments and work um, within the community, the greater community, the okay. college community. Um, so we really are trying to foster a well-rounded education for students to really explore um, what kind of education they would like to see that will give them opportunities to um, explore going into social sciences um, and give them the background um, that will transfer into any type of education that mm. they want to go into in the future. Okay. So basically, it's a, it's a lot more than just what it may appear on the surface as being like just a, a black history course, a black history department. It's a lot more than that is basically what you're saying. Exactly. Mm. Um, it really allows them to go into whether they want to go into human services. Um, it gives them a well-rounded understanding of the social sciences as well. Um, so I think it's um, a program that really gives them the transferable skills that they will need to work with in um, even literature, mm. um, an understanding of history. 
um, an understanding of communications, right. um, working with different populations, um, working within the education system. Um, so I think it's one of the programs that allows them to explore um, and not um, so much be um, a fit into a narrow focus. So it does really give them a well-rounded understanding um, mm-hmm. of working with various populations, okay. multiculturalism, yeah. W- one of the things that I noticed um, from looking at the description was at least the, the course offerings were involved in the degree. Um, there are is a, a lot of a heavy emphasis on writing and communi- and composition classes. Mm-hmm. Was that by design or is that by happenstance or is there, what was the, the I guess, the thought behind having all those um, heavy composition courses in there? Well, you know, I think um, a lot of um, having those courses under your belt, I think it's very important um, to have a lot of the composition and writing um, under your belt. I think it's mm-hmm. um, um, a cross-discipline that is very necessary, um, and I think it's it's something that you need. Not only is, is, is it something that you need, it's something that's really unique for the program. Um, and and so to speak, this year is really important because that's one of the things that we happen to be assessing <laughs> across the board. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that's a college um, initiative for this year. So it's really uh, something that is uh, very current um, for the time right now. But I think um, as a liberal arts college, that's really important. One of the initiatives mm-hmm. that we uh, are focusing on uh, all the time. Got it. Got it. Now, a, a while ago, we um, I had... Um, representative from library services in here and finding out what they do a lot. So when you were talking about all the different areas and other departments that you work with, is library services one of those? And how would you kind of foster that type of relationship um, among your students to really go and learn research from that area? Well, I think um, one of the things that's really important um, to have a a well-rounded student um, is to utilize all of the services that we offer here. Um, I, for one, I love the banner system. Um, I often uh, speak and show my students directly through the banner system, how they can access the library uh, database system. Mm. For one, you know, we always talk about the students growing up with computers and <laughs> and all these systems. And Netflix is expensive. I yes. show them exactly how to go to the library database and and go online and look at the database. And we have this thing called Canopy. It's a it's a it's it's a database online where they can go and watch films, but also showing them how to do scholarly research and what's okay. acceptable. Google is nice. Wiki is nice, but you know what? When we're doing research, what is an acceptable um, acceptable scholarly research? And letting them see that uh, this is what we need to have included in our research. Um, if you're doing a bib, this is an acceptable source that you must use. So I'm always showing them. They don't want to always go to the library, but I'm more and more they're starting to go. But if you don't go, here is how you access um, the library through an online database and utilize this as a resource. So they're doing it more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, they're using um, the library. They're physically going there. And if they're not, they're able to access this online. Um, and they're really starting to enjoy and use it. And more and more I'm seeing and uh, they're using those resources because we have to show them how to include 
food, what is acceptable, um, especially in this era, era, you know, when this where we have all of these new terms like alternative facts. Yeah, and fake news. Yes, and and they're getting their news from Facebook, which Mm -hmm. is something that we, uh, well, I'll speak for my own generation, (laughs) that we don't, we've never gotten our news off of Facebook, and I still watch Channel 12 News. Of course, I'm sure most of us still get our news from uh, I guess our older generation. Or should myself. we say traditional news sources? Traditional news sources, <laughs> like your CNNs, your New York Times, and things of that nature. Yeah. Exactly. So now we have to, how do we adjust and adapt to the, the new outlets of news in this 24-hour news cycle? Mm-hmm. So you are listening to Nassau Community College Forum on the voice of Nassau Community College 90.3 WHPC. Once again, my name is Kevin Boston Hill, and our guest today is Dr. Georgette Griaki from the Department of Africana Studies. Now, something that we didn't cover or you didn't cover too much in in our opening, but I want to let our listeners know exactly who I have sitting here because, I mean, I was looking over your bio, and it, I thought it was amazing that, that you're the executive director and curator of the Eastville Community Historical Society in Sag Harbor, vice president of the American of the Association of Suffolk County Historical Societies, cultural partner for Sylvester Manor. I mean, and it just goes on advisor to Long Island Indigenous People Museum and Research Institute. I mean, it's amazing that you even have time to sit here with me to, to even have this conversation. So I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit more about some of those other projects that you're involved with on Long Island? Well, you know, I kind of fell into some of this work. Um, originally, I wanted to be an artist, and um, and I kind of didn't know that I would end up here, but I am so happy and I'm grateful that all of my experiences have uh, landed me to do the work that I'm doing now. Um, I have a, a background in art and real estate, land use, um, uh, mis- municipal properties. And um, when I was uh, in Sag Harbor, I worked at the uh, uh, Parish Art Museum, Guildhall, mm-hmm. and various places. And my uh, godmother said, you know, I, I have this historical society. They need some help, and I want you to um, come over here and check it out. And so I started working there, and I realized quickly, I'm like, oh, my God, old things, uh, dead people and cemeteries. <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. But I figured out that I could do exhibits and art there. So that's why I said yes. And then more and more, I realized um, how important preserving history was Mm. Um, so it started off with me being able to do art there. And then I started to think about the, the fact that my both sides of my grandparents came up during the second wave of the Great Mig- Migration and realizing their stories and putting it together and then seeing the cemetery and the old AMZ- AME Zion Church and how it's tied directly to my family mm. that came up and wanted to be uh, close and live next to um, Hempstead Plains. And, <laughs> and they worked at Grumman um, and all of the different things that my direct family was involved with. And so uh, connecting that to my past and my Gullah history. Um, so it all came together. And I'm just so grateful that I'm here to be able to preserve the history and do what it is I love to do art. Um, it, it just came together. And I'm right. so grateful that there are remnants of the history that is still left here um, that for, for me to preserve. So when I am a part of all of these projects, it's like... It, 
I'm I'm a part of it because there's not that many of us that is able to do this history on Long Island. Right. So I often get called on. I want to say no, but I can't. <laughs> uh, it's like the ancestors. Like, listen, there's not that many people uh, that can do it, so you have to do it. So um, sometimes I'm stretched wide, but you know I have yeah. to do it. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, if it, if not me, then who? Yeah. Right. Then that's how you kind of take it. So let me ask you this then. Do you do you actually teach classes here also in the department? Yes, I okay. do. And I which do, ones? I do teach classes. Originally, I was in the history department, um, and now I am over in Africana Studies. Um, but I teach um, history 104, 103. I was teaching specifically um, a local Long Island history course that mm. was created by um, Professor Nicholson, which is uh, Nassau County History 140, which is my specialty course. Um, and now I'm teaching African American history. Uh, one. Um, so I teach history 103, 104, history 106, um, and history uh, 140 and AFR 176. Wow. That's a, that's a full and load. And I oh. have a special <laughs> initiative. Um, uh, we received a, a grant from the Robert David Lyon Gardner Foundation. Okay. Um, it's a three-year grant where we started a, a local initiative called um, the Long Island uh, Initiative, which is a Long Island um, local um, uh, a Long Island History Institute where we are having a Saturday series. We run it in the summer, um, and we are running it this fall. Um, so okay. that's a look out for that information, and we run a, um, a history symposium. Okay, great. And if they, I guess, if they wanted to find out more of that information, is there a website, or can they go to the the NCC website? Or how can they find out about that in the future? They definitely can go to the NCC website. Okay. Um, there was a um, a, a press release that was placed out, uh, I think maybe a couple of months ago, but there should be something um, coming soon. And they can always come to my office, H125. There you go. There you go. So uh, aside from the wide array of courses that not only that you teach, but also that are offered in the um, African Studies Department, are there any kind of like special projects or initiatives that the students can get involved with? Definitely the History Institute and the okay. History Project, the local history project. We are working on an oral history initiative where we're looking to train students to go into the community and do these oral history projects. We have um, special equipment that is coming, um, and so we're looking to train students on this equipment. Also scanners where we want the community to bring in their very specific pictures mm. uh, that they, you know, most community um, uh, families have things in attics and in drawers that they don't think that is valuable. This is how the National Museum was started. Right. Um, people had things that they didn't care about. You know, today no one has physical albums anymore. Everybody has pictures on their phones. Exactly. You know, so that's what we want to get out into the community and ask them for. You don't have to give us the pictures. Can we have a scan of it or a picture of it, high definition picture? Um, we want to create an online database that's ac uh, accessible to the general public um, where it's searchable. Mm. So that's a big project that we're going to need students to, to help us with. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. You are listening to Nassau Community College Forum. I'm Kevin Boston Hill, and my guest today is Dr. Georgette Greer-Key from the Department of Africana Studies. We'll be right back after this important message on the voice of Nassau Community College, 90.3 WHPC. I'm a college student and could use advice about my student loan. I had to leave school and go to work. Now I have to pay back student loans for a degree I don't have. Fortunately, I found assistance. Back in college, I figured they wouldn't lend me more than I could easily pay back. Boy, was I wrong. 
Thankfully, I got the help I needed to pay back my loan in full. Sound familiar? The good news is that student loan repayment options are available. We're the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, a nonprofit organization with member offices nationwide that provide comprehensive financial reviews and student loan counseling. NFCC certified consumer credit counselors provide one-on-one -on -one financial counseling and can help you evaluate options for making student loan payments, reducing interest, debt consolidation, or even loan rehabilitation. Call 877-406-6322 or visit us online at studentloanhelp.org. We now return to Nassau Community College Forum. You are listening to Nassau Community College Forum. I'm Kevin Boston Hill, and my guest today is Dr. Georgette Greer-Key from the Department of Africana Studies. So we, we left out of the break, going into the break, talking about um, how some of the new projects and initiatives that your students can get involved with in, while they're here. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit uh, more about some of the, or how do you bring students, like your, the students that you teach, how do you, or do you get them to get involved with some of the outlets that you're actually involved with? We spoke earlier about all of the different societies and organizations that you're a part of. Do you ever bring some of those your students to work with you out there or to at least mention it to them that, that they have that to their at their disposal? Well, this is one of the things that I'm really trying to work on. Um, a lot of the times the organizations that are um, in the community, you hear that there is a divide between generations. Mm. Um, they're always in saying, you know, we want to get the next generation involved. And I think this is something that the field has to address. Mm -hmm. How often do you go to a museum or an organization and it's been that way for 50 years? Um, they have things that uh, students don't, you know, can't touch. And there may be a sign mm -hmm. that says you can't touch or rope that is across. And that's the first thing that students or children or people want to touch because it's like hands off. Right. Or um, it's just stale and it's old and, and, and it's something that's on a page and, it, and it's dead. Um, in order to, um, I think, engage the community or people, you have to be alive. And I really do think that history and believe that history is alive. Yes. Um, even in my classroom. Um, but but you have to be careful with that also, because even though history is alive, you have to be so careful not to. Uh, the circumstances are different. Um, so you have to be careful with that, too. So I must just give a disclaimer about that, because, of course, the times are different, <laughs> uh, you know. But but you do have to make them understand that, like they say, with fashion, 70s always comes back. But at the same time, we have to be careful. Um, and um, but you you have to make them understand that immigration was always a problem in this country. Mm. Okay, so having them understand that, you know, when I say that in my class, their eyes pop open. And uh, so just using little things like that and, and letting them see that, you know, we don't have to just look on the page. We can look to today and make those analogies and, and let them understand um, that you don't have to remember dates and times. And it's not always about, you know, just these one, the founding fathers, mm -hmm. um, or it's not about the vernacular architecture 
architecture. We can look at some of the mar, you know, the 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 meager structures that you wouldn't think are important. Yeah. Um, that could have been a, a slave structure. They are important too because they they add to the built environment, and the built environment includes marginalized people and women and the mm. others that may have not been uh, what we think as uh, beautiful or traditional, you know, architecture that we would have praised previously. Right. No, you're absolutely right. It's almost, it's what's old is new again. Mm -hmm. And because everything works in a cycle. So the issues that we were dealing with since the founding of this country, we're still dealing with. And things seem to quell a little bit, but then they rise and they, they dip and then they rise all over again. So I guess the more that we can understand that aspect of it, the more we see how connected we actually are, especially generationally how we are connected. It's funny how when you mentioned about the uh, the museums, I immediately thought about, um, and I'm taking it into the sports realm a little bit, but I immediately thought about the difference between like the the baseball museum uh, um, of uh, the baseball museum up in Cooperstown and the Hall of Fame for basketball, and how completely different they are because the the baseball Hall of Fame is just like it's a museum. It's dark and it's like it's hands off. You don't can't touch anything. But the basketball is very interactive. People can go in. They can shoot around. They can measure themselves against uh, some of the taller players and things. And I think, like you said, that's where we need to get. If we really want our young people to take a liking and an interest in things of the past, we have to make it more interactive. We have to bring those technologies in that they're used to, to so that they can sit in and really appreciate what's happening. And can I ask you a question? Sure. Well, only because I'm not into sports, but my cousin (laughs) who happens to be a female, and I always get excited because I was in Tennessee, and I met a military historian. I'm like, whoa, you rock, a military military historian who's a female. But the other thing is, too, I think it's important to show the evolution of things. And I had no idea that the rules of basketball and the rules of baseball, how they changed over time. Mm -hmm. I think that's fascinating, too. And why did those rules change? How did they change and what's the difference? Right. You know, so I think that's also an important history in, to include in the museums. Do they do that? Like, why did the rules change? You know, and, and the, I didn't know that. I thought that yeah. was fascinating since you're talking about no, sports. No, you're absolutely right. They, they, they do. And you still you can see the entire evolution of things of that nature and how, and how it goes. But, yeah, those are things. Those are talking points. And as long as we can get people talking about those things, that's where we can, like I said, we can find those those connections and those similarities. So you are listening to Nassau Community College Forum on the voice of Nassau Community College 90.3 WHPC. My name, once again, is Kevin Boston Hill, and our guest today is the amazing Dr. Georgette Greer-Key from the Department of Africana Studies. Um, let me ask you this uh, for a moment, and so we can maybe explore a little bit here. Let's talk a little bit about, or tell me a little bit about what Emerge is, and and um, I guess also how people, especially your students, might be able to get involved in that. Emerge, and is that something you have off of my, 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 my bio? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, the other thing is with Emerge is we always have to think about um, one of the things that is really important when you think about research, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not only research, I think you have to turn research and um, how you turn research and resources and economics into uh, something that is tangible. Mm. Um, not only into tangible, something that is into 
something that is intangible, also something that is uh, visible. Right. And governance and something that is in your community. A lot of the times, one of the things I talk to my students about, all of our founding documents are in script. If you ask your mm. students today, how many of you can read? I can't even write my <laughs> notes to my students or if I'm correcting a paper in script because they can't read my handwriting. Right. Although I still do it because I'm hoping that they'll go home and ask their parents what this what you know what does this say mom or sometimes they will come uh, or dad or sometimes they'll come up to me and say can you tell me what this says believe it or not and they really do come to me mm-hmm. um, and and the reason why is because I think we have to have more control over um, our immediate. Um, community uh, organizations. So what Emerge does is we um, try to take control over our community organizations. We encourage people to run for their school boards. We encourage people to run for their library boards. Mm. We encourage people to um, have civic organizations because these organizations control um, what developments are actually coming into your communities. For instance, if someone, a developer tries to come in your community, oh, you want to come into our community, what kind of organization is, how many jobs are they going to have that are temporary, maybe mm. permanent? Um, are you going to have um, uh, a, a mixture of businesses? Um, is there going to be commerce? What, what kind of business is it going to be? So it puts back in the hands of your immediate community, not only the research of what's coming in, the governance of it, um, the ratio and mixture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a direct partnership so that it's okay. not um, just leaving your community with um, a box you know so that's what's the idea about emerge so it's okay. research commerce education and governance gotcha gotcha uh so for those who may not have picked it up but the acronym emerge stands for empowering minorities through educational research government and private enterprise so again it does everything that uh, dr uh Grick, has just mentioned um let me ask you this how Therefore, thinking going back to the the work that we do in the that you have done in the community and putting everything, um, keeping his, the history alive. How much of a emphasis on the contributions of African Americans and even Latinos in the Long Island area uh, do we focus on? Um, well, all of the work um, that, um, you know, we've been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that we've been here for a long time, uh, it, it dates back before uh, on Long Island. We've been here before, you know, we have even been a country. Yeah. I mean, there are some, some, some communities out in, in like eastern Suffolk that I'm like, there, there are black people out here? Oh, and we've been here. <laughs> like we got way out here? Oh, yeah. We've been here, you know, as far back as, you know, 1619. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we've been here before it's, it's, it was before it was the United States, mm. before it was British colonial America. So we've been here for a very long time, um, and I think that's part of why um, the research that I've been doing and working on um, for a long time, it's really important because I always say, and there's a couple of projects that I've worked on, and, and one of them is called um, Hidden in Plain Sight. Mm. Um, and when you think about development of, of Long Island, and many of us know I worked on um, uh, a couple of uh, projects with the with um, 
um, Urban League just uh, Urban League just recently we worked on something with Policy Link, okay. um, the state of Black Long Island, um, and we're currently working on another project um, with the Long Island Museum. Um, it's it's a slavery project, but we know that um, slavery in this country was not just for um, um, brown and black people. You know, so we work constantly to tell the story that is something that is hidden in plain sight that is is forbidden um, mm-hmm. for most for for most people that include indigenous people. Um, so we have multiple stories here, but when you think about development, um, when you think about how Long Island um, has been um, one of the most segregated places to live, how you think about suburbia, mm-hmm. how you think about the, the timeline of segregation, how you think of the timeline of Jim Crow, we have a multifaceted story right on up to even the progressive times. Wow. Um, so we have a, a very diverse story on Long Island. We're a microcosm of, of America, um, including to, you know, music, to to Robin Moses, to uh, 495, to Model T cars, to aviation. Yeah. Our story goes on and on, you know, but we've been here for a very long time. And not only have we contributed, um, we are pioneers, um, even contributing to Grumman, the story that mm. we tell. Um, so we are pioneers, the music industry. Um, you know, so we have been here. We have contributed. Um, we are uh, we've left the imprint here and we're still here to survive and tell the story. That's amazing. I mean, I, I had a chance to, to visit the uh, African-American Museum in Washington, D.C. as part of the Smithsonian Museums. And um, now I'm think now I'm thinking after your conversation that. You know, we need to do something similar to that right out here on Long Island and to have all to showcase all the different contributions that are here. So I thank you for, for that information. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted to I, I want to ask you this last thing and then we'll, we'll close with this. And I, and I want to thank our guest, Dr. Greer Key of, from the Department of Africana Studies for being here today. Um, the NAACP gave you a image award, legacy award. So what would be your final words on legacy and what does that mean to you for for our students? Onward and upward. Gotcha. Onward and upward, everyone. So once again, thank you for being here today. And my game, my name is Kevin Boston Hill. Thank you all for listening to Nassau Community College Forum right here on the voice of Nassau Community College, 90.3 WHPC.